conference will now be recorded. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. This is the weekly weather for September 4th to the 11th. I was on vacation last week out in Colorado in the beautiful Rocky Mountains, uh, first for an ESAR conference, the International Society for Astrological Research, which was great fun. And then I extended up to beautiful Estes Park to um, the Black Canyon Inn, which I had a beautiful time at. Thank you, Catherine. Uh, and uh, one of my clients had suggested I come, and it was absolutely gorgeous. I had a wonderful time. Climbed the mountains, boarded the streams, and stood at the Continental Divide. So last week I missed because the hotel uh, didn't let me load up stuff, and I was like, tried five times and it was not happening so you missed a week of the weekly weather I do apologize but we're back and it's fall and we're going forward and here we are so we're in a fast-moving new direction uh, and we will now cover what's going on in the week ahead big features for this week are the mercury retrograde it's going to happen on the, during the week a retrograde and of course Mars entered his retrograde shadow which means Mars, we're going to be working with him in Gemini through the end of March. But now you're going to have to do everything twice. Two choices, two options, two should I do this, should I do that. It's going to be a really interesting time. And of course Mars is in Gemini, the sign of uh, siblings and communication and uh, arguing. Technically, Mars and Gemini argues with its siblings. So we're going to continue to have arguments, but hopefully we'll learn how to work with them in a slightly different way during the retrograde period. Remember, the United States chart has Mars and Gemini. And so it's important, you know, we have that sibling energy, that conversational energy, the, uh, you know, talk about it, figure it out, back and forth. And it's really important, of course, one of the reasons we have Mars and Gemini is for free speech. I and say whatever I want, Gemini. Um, and so we'll be talking with this and understanding and perhaps having some lessons in how to learn better, listen better, pay attention over this next chapter. So forward we go to see what the week ahead holds. Um, let me turn on my little mouse pointer here. Uh, pointer options, laser point, and off we go. All right, so first up, one of the things is we're entering election season, right? So it's time to get involved, time to push back, in a nice way, Mars and Gemini, time to speak up, Mars and Gemini, volunteer, donate, and vote. Um, 73 million people in this country don't vote. And Mars and Gemini says, hey, supposed to vote. When we look at election day, because Mars is going to be retrograde during the election, and the election is on an eclipse, um, the, the Founding Fathers picked the uh, Tuesday, right, which is Mars's day, bright and early in the morning, right? So getting out there, and, and of course right before, uh, at sunrise, Mars is on the angle. So it's to get people action, to take action to do things. So thinking of the Founding Fathers as saying, we want you to take action, we want you to speak up, we want the public to move forward and communicate. So it's really important. And this is one of those years where, you know, your vote matters. We've seen it with votes uh, not being counted or being counted or people arguing about are they being counted. So the more the merrier. Uh, check your registration. Check that you're registered to vote. We just had the primary here in New York. 
uh, with Carolyn Maloney and Jerry Redler, Nadler, Nadler won. Um, you know, I've been voting for Carolyn as long as I've lived in this apartment, I think. Um, and so it's time for us to make a statement to talk. And the way you talk is your vote. With that Mars and Gemini that the Founding Fathers had. A little piece of paper, everybody gets to have the opportunity to bring their grievance to the government, to say, hey, I'd like this fixed. You can't say anything if you haven't voted. So get involved, push back, speak up, volunteer, donate, and vote. When I was in Colorado, I was really thrilled to be a nominated. I was nominated, but I didn't win. But it was really fun to be nominated for the Weekly Weather uh, a podcast, which I've been doing since 2006. And, of course, now it's turned into the uh, YouTube channel um, also. So thank you for voting for me. It really made me feel good, and it made me feel like this, this uh, podcast gives a contribution. The other thing I did, and I just want to take a moment and talk a bit about the conference, because I think it was really important. Uh, I did a, a lecture at 9 in the morning on Saturday morning on the Pluto return of the United States. And it's a lecture I've given a few times. It's available to purchase here on the podcast. If you attended ESAR, you can listen to it, because they're making all the... Um, making all the recordings free with the with the slides that went with them for the month. Um, and one of the things I talked about in the Pluto return, which I've said a few times, is a lot of the countries have had Pluto returns. Rome, Europe, all through Europe. Egypt, you know, the Dutch East India Company, you know, where they ruled the seas. The sun never set on the British Empire. And, you know, we're having our first Pluto return is what I said. But all those places, you can drink cappuccino in, 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 in Rome, you can go have a scotch egg in England, they all live through it. We're going to live through it, even though it's we got this next two and a half years that are a little tough. And after it, I was um, doing something, and this man came over to me, and he was standing backlit. So I couldn't see his face, but he had this luminous light around him. And I also couldn't see his name tag, because I was looking into the light. And he goes to me, and we've already had a Pluto return. And I looked at him and I went, like, what? Like, what? what's that? And he goes, 1619. And if you remember, we've talked about it on the podcast, the 1619 project run by the New York Times and the reporter there, which subsequently became a book, was when slaves first came to America, you know, imported across from Africa. And 248 years later was 1867 when we had the Civil War. And we set the slaves free. We abolished slavery in the United States. We said, you guys are free. We're not going to own people anymore. I mean, we still had indentured servants and a bunch of other things. But we had our Pluto return. And I, I was like, oh, my God, we already had one. We got through it. We made it better, not perfect by any means, but we made it better. And now we're having the Pluto return of the old white guys that owned slaves and owned land, i.e. the corporatocracy, the land barons of the time, where women were chattel and men were slave, people were slaved. Um, and now we're having that Pluto return. So I was like strangely optimistic, uh, and I want to thank the guy. I don't know his name. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't see his name. I could just see him in the shadow. And I just, it made me so happy that we've already had a Pluto return. It was nasty. It was bloody. My great, great, one of my great greats fought in the Civil War for the Yankees. Um, came back home to uh, Illinois 
after the war, um, but it was definitely a time where we, we stepped forward and we fought for what was the right thing to happen, right? So we're having that again. Back to my comment before, get involved, push back, speak up, volunteer, donate, and most importantly, vote. So that's my uh, little public service announcement for the Pluto return of the United States, but also that we already had one and we got through it and we made it better. So that made me feel very optimistic, even though, you know, I know we have a tough road to hoe ahead with all of this disinformation and not belief in the government and people are horrible and, you know, the level of paranoia is, is a little scary. But it's also talking to them, speaking to them, asking them questions, understanding, well, what are you, what's your vision? Easy to tear things down? What's your vision for making it better? And that's what we're going to be focusing on. Forward we go. This week, Mars enters his retrograde shadow. We actually did it on September 3rd. And Mars is going to be in Gemini until March 25th when he goes into Cancer. So these are the dates. I want you to write them down. So you've started to hear what you're going to be working on as of September 3rd. Mars entered 8 degrees Gemini, and that's his shadow. He's going to go retrograde October 30th, right before the election. Now, interestingly, in the U.S. chart, Mars is retrograde excuse me, by progression. So we're going to have the election when Mars is retrograde, October 30th. Then we have Mars going direct on October, uh, January 12th at 8 Gemini. And then we have him exiting his shadow, which means the story's complete next March. Eight months of Mars in Gemini. Means you're going to have to do everything twice. Just the way it works. <laughs> part one, part two. Don't take it personally. If you haven't done it twice, do it again. But it also is going to ask you to look at things, reconsider them, think about them in a different way. Like that man helped me think about the Pluto return. I was like, wow, you're right. We did have one. And it was certainly pretty devastating, but we lived through it. And we got to the other side and made improvements based on our vision of what was going to happen, free or slave. We said free. Now we have to do it again. Um, then Mars goes direct in January, on January 12th. So the stuff that happened this Labor Day weekend will be back in January. And then Mars exits his shadow in March. That's eight months of Mars in Gemini. Now Mars in Gemini, it, oh, there's a dog outside. Thank you, little dog for barking. Um, Mars in Gemini is not a strong Mars, but every time he changes uh, sign, every time Mercury is going to change sign while he's in Gemini, we're going to experience a new form of Mars. In this particular case, he is in Gemini, and Mercury, of course, is in his retrograde shadow. Um, Mercury entered his shadow a couple weeks ago. So you can see Mercury's in Libra, and Mercury trines the Mars, right? So here's the Mars, here's the Mercury. Mercury trines the Mars and he says, okay, let's understand it. Now Mars is down in Gemini in the third house. So it's very important with Mars in Gemini in the third house is to look at things from both sides. To say, okay, let me understand what that side's thinking and doing and then let me understand what this side's thinking and doing. And that's Mars in the third. He's also uh, past the opposition to the moon in Sag Moon in Sag is up at the top of the chart, the public. Rising sign is Pisces, seven degrees, six and a half. It's on a world point. 
Notice Jupiter and Mars are in a sextile, and that's a helpful aspect. Mars, Jupiter is in Aries, so he rules the midheaven. So he says, okay, we have to think about what our direction is and where we're going. Of course, we have a nice little Virgo sun in the seventh house with Venus and Leo. Again, looking at what is our hope, what is our dream, what is our passion. And so as Mars enters his retrograde shadow this week, watch for those passions. You can see it's what we call a splash chart with planets all over the place. So it's a very active Mars retrograde, meaning you're going to have trouble probably keeping up with stuff, <laughs> which is okay, but this is the chart that speaks to it. So it's ruled by Jupiter and Aries. Now we know Jupiter is starting a new 12-year cycle. Um, he had a kind of a sneak preview starting in the end of March, early April, and now he is retrograde, but he will go, be going back direct on December 21st. So when Jupiter goes into Aries in December, he's going to say, okay, so what were your plans? What were you thinking? Why were you thinking that? And so as we watch his uh, change over the time, we understand we're in charge of our own path. We're in charge of the direction we're heading in. And Mars is, um, the sun squared Mars recently, but Mars is also in a, in a trine to Mercury, his ruler. So that suggests that as Mercury changes direction, over these next few months, we're going to get different versions of the Mars. Right now, it's around communication, Libra, Libra things, balance, partnership, all that stuff. Um, next up this week, uh, Venus enters Virgo. And so she's going to be in Virgo, not one of her favorite signs, but she enters Virgo on uh, Sunday, Monday morning, really, just like last night. Um, so she's now in work mode. She was in Leo, play, play, have fun, laugh, go, have a good time. Now she's in Virgo, and she's serious-minded. But she answers to that little Mercury here in his retrograde shadow. So this is a lot about talking to ghosts, talking to people from your past, thinking about the people from your past. Notice that the rising sign for the Venus entering, um, uh, Venus entering Virgo is Gemini and that answers to the Mercury, and of course Venus answers to Mercury. And Mercury and Venus are in mutual reception. What that means is Venus can go, I need to stay home and work. Or she can go, yeah, I'm ready to go out and party and have a good time and learn new things. And, and both are options. Uh, Venus in Virgo gets a lot accomplished. It's a very active, proactive kind of sign. So we want to encourage this, this month, this week, while, Ven while, she's in, while she's in Virgo, to really get your stuff in order, organize things. And I know all week people were saying, well, what about this and what about that? And I'm like, I'm on vacation. <laughs> I'm on vacation. Uh, Venus is in Leo. I'm going to play a little. Uh, and now Venus is in Virgo, and I got up this morning with a huge to-do list, including the weekly weather. Um, because now we're organizing. Now we're going back to school. Now we're getting all those, that new pencil. Remember that when you got your new lunchbox and your pencils and you were all happy for that energy of uh, the new beginning. So Venus goes into Virgo, which also makes her a little more particular about food and diet and how she's gonna do things and her process. Also makes her really happy about cleaning things out. So I was talking to my friend Joanne and she's like, Anne, I'm taking a bag of crap out of the house every day. I've been shredding stuff, I've been throwing things away, I've been taking a bag into my clothes, the stuff I'm not going to wear. And it's Venus and Virgo is really good for cleaning things out. So you got three weeks of it. Clean away, get rid of things. Um, also, we have Pallas Athena entering Cancer. Now she's been in, um, she has been in Gemini 
where she has been presenting two choices, two options, how we're going to do it. And she's strategic in Gemini, but when she goes into Cancer, she takes on a slight emotional cast. Notice she's in Cancer and the Moon is in Capricorn. So her ingress into Cancer, where she's going to be for a little while, is she's being about what is practical. What is Moon in Capricorn? What are we trying to build? What are we trying to grow? When she's in air, where she just was, she's full of ideas. Now she's going into Cancer and she's saying, okay, let's put plans in place and start growing things. And because she's answering to a Moon in Capricorn in this ingress chart. She's got Mercury in its shadow. She's got Mars in its shadow. She's really on it and saying, okay, how are we going to get things accomplished? What are we going to do? And Pallas Athena is an interesting planet. She's the father's daughter, so she has a strategic approach to things, but she also sometimes doesn't take emotions into account. With the moon in Capricorn, she is not taking emotions into account at all. Moon in Capricorn is a really practical moon, and it doesn't want to take things... It's like, yeah, I know your feelings are hurt, but what of it? Let's get this, let's get this on the road. And you're kind of like, you're not going to be, you know, it's a real time of responsibility. It's a real time of saying, let's be practical about this. And as Pallas Athena goes into Cancer, we're entering, of course, we've had a whole bunch of legal developments this month of March, the month of August, with the documents down in uh, Mar-a-Lago and the missing file folder. Like, where's the stuff in the missing file folder? <laughs> Let's get the FBI in there and fingerprint those files and see what what he did with those papers, who touched them. Uh, but uh, Pallas Athena in Cancer, answering to that Capricorn moon, speaks to us being very practical in our application of how things go and about following up on stuff and saying, okay, we need to follow up on this and get this done. And so that Capricorn energy really speaks to... Um, being solid in it. And of course, the moon in Capricorn answers to Saturn and Aquarius, which is a lot about what is the structure we're working with, what are the structures we're creating, what are the structures we're changing. So it's an interesting chart, plus Mars is entering his retrograde shadow, so he's going to be stirring the pot and telling different things. And it's important to, um, it's important to listen to the other conversations at the same time to be clear about your own and why you're clear about it. And it's also helpful with this to dig a little bit, right? To go in and say, okay, so that word was used. Let me go dig into it and understand what that word actually means. Let me think about it, because Mercury's in Libra. Let me say, okay, so what do you mean by that? And I want you doing this all over your life, because Mercury and Mars are in this lovely trine where clarity is important to say, okay, let me, under, let me understand where you got that from. And I think that will help the dialogue change. Because if we listen, you know, two, two ears, one mouth, we're supposed to listen twice as much as we talk, right? <laughs> I mean, that's the goal. But it's the idea of listening and, and hearing people and kind of paying attention. And with Venus and Virgo, paying attention to the deeds. So, for example, I had a friend who uh, shared um, basically a QAnon video with another friend, and we were talking about it. And um, and in the in the video said something like, "The reason Abraham Lincoln was assassinated was because he tried to take on the Federal Reserve Bank." And I'm like, "Federal Reserve Bank wasn't started until like 1917, 1919. It was J.P. Morgan, and it was the Great Crash when J.P. Morgan saved the nation." 
I'm like, the Federal Reserve didn't even exist then. Lincoln wasn't assassinated for picking on the Federal Reserve. And I'm, uh, you know, but this was the video, right? And so I remember having that conversation with the friend who'd watched the video and had been sent by another friend. And so I was kind of like, all right, well, that's wrong. That fact is wrong. And understanding, there's a new book out which I encourage you to pick up, called The Chaos Machine. And it talks about the prompting of our being by the Facebook, by the Instagram, and how they have trigger words that invoke the rage, because it triggers our primal amygdala to go, you're going to hurt me, you're going to hurt me, and so I have to fight you. And that the, the algorithms and the structure triggers a really primal part of our brain check it out. The book gets published in the next couple days. I already ordered it. I called a couple interviews on it. I'm like, okay, I need to know about the chaos machine. Because we're creatures, we're humans, but we're also very triggered. And so there's these trigger words that get everybody all bent out of shape and excited. They have to fight. You know, what's our big responses? Fight, flight, and free. So as Pallas Athena enters cancer, I want you to emotionally understand how you get triggered. I want you to look at that and go, ooh, they just triggered me, and then go from there, right? So, you know, you've got options, you've got ways of thinking about it, but this lovely, lovely Palestina going into Cancer, answering to that moon in Capricorn, look at the story that's triggering you, see if it's really true. See if that's what happened. Rather than listening to an excerpt, go look at the original. Go find the story. Go read rather than believing what you're being told and working with sound bites, working with trigger words. And we all know triggers. I have a lot of friends who do 12-step um, uh, programs, trigger for sugar, trigger for words, trigger for drugs, trigger for alcohol. We know how we get triggered. And so recognizing that the social media is designed to trigger us is really important. And so Pallas Athena going into cancer, answering to a Capricorn moon says, Pay attention to how you're triggered. And it was an excellent, uh, I haven't read the book, but the, the interviews have been really, I've seen two interviews on it, and they're really excellent. All right, next up, we have Mercury retrograde. Mercury's going to go retrograde this week. He enters his shadow on August 21st. He already did. So that was the astrology conference where it was like everybody I hadn't seen in three years. It was so much fun. And then he goes retrograde this week on the 9th. He will be retrograde until October 2nd when he turns direct, and he will leave his shadow um, on October 17th. So we're going to have a lot of different news, a lot of different conversations. Now, one of the things that's real important to remember, when Mars is in his retrograde shadow and Mercury is retrograde, it's like a double negative, right? So you really kind of want to watch for that double negative. I am, and I never can say them properly, but two negatives, you know, negative times negative makes a positive. Remember your math? And remember when there's double negatives in the statements, it helps. Now, back when we were just having the vote in Kansas for abortion rights, the, the ballot initiative was like double negatives all over the place. I'm like, boy, they really wrote that in a confusing way so that people would go and vote. And then they told them, like, when you're reading this ballot, it's set up to be confusing. This is the way, if you want this outcome, this is how you vote. If you want that outcome, this is how you vote. Remember, back to the, uh, back to the papers, make sure you're registered to vote. You better check it. They've been clearing a lot of registrations out of people. Get all your friends to register to vote um, because that's how we get there. Because overwhelming registering votes, you can't deny it. 
um, and forward we go. So as Mercury goes retrograde, we're watching all the papers. This is in, in Virgo, which is how we count things, and Libra in what they're said. So it's real important with this Mercury retrograde as we head up towards our elections to double check, to triple check, to really pay attention to what's going on. And then Mercury will enter, exit his shadow October 17th, and then he goes into Scorpio right before the election on October 30th. Now there's eclipses this year on the elections also. There's eclipses on, I think it's October 24th and election day, November 7th. So yeah, it's gonna be fun election. But Mercury retrograde, your ghosts are coming back. They wanna to talk to you, they wanna say things to you. Take the call, answer the phone, say, oh hi, I haven't talked to you in a while. Um, and forward we go with that energy. Next up, this is the chart for Mercury retrograde. This is his energy where he shifts direction and changes into a new a new form of energy. And again, we're seeing a lot of Gemini. See all the Gemini stuff? The rising sign for the Mercury retrograde for DC is Gemini. And so with Mercury down here in the fifth house of creativity, um, it's understanding that creative energy and understanding where you're being triggered, where you're being manipulated, where you're being given information that might not be true, and it's up to you to check it out and see, well, is that really true? Is that, do I believe that? Let me find out. Like, dig in, dig in. That's the beauty of the internet. It lets you dig in. The problem with the internet, it does trigger you, right? So it'll be interesting. Um, so here we have Mercury going retrograde, uh, his retrograde station around creativity. It's in the fifth house of children and choice and ideas, Mercury and Libra, legal matters. Uh, and it's an uh, interesting Mercury retrograde. Now he's going to go retrograde and go back towards the Mars, and Mars is going to go retrograde. So there's this whole dance the two of them are doing this fall. Last but not least, the Sun trines Uranus on the 11th, uh, my birthday. Um, so the Sun is going to try, which I have a really a nice solar return this year, actually. <laughs> Venus is on a world point. Sun trines Uranus at 18, forming a grand trine in Earth. So this is a lovely aspect for forward motion. Now this is an aspect that happens every year. Sun trines Uranus every year. It's a harvesting aspect. So it's going to say to you, harvest the stuff that you planted since Taurus time, uh, the end of April, beginning of May, when Uranus and the Sun met. But your things are going to come to fruition. We see Venus on a world point. She rules the chart. So it's an opportunity for her to speak up, to step up and to say, hey, this is what I'm doing, this is where I'm going, this is what's ahead for me. And so there's a nice energy of optimism with this uh, Uranus Sun trine, and also um, an opportunity for working. At this point, Mercury hasn't quite, um, and Mercury has gone retrograde. So Venus is answering to a retrograde Mercury, which invites her to step forward and move and, and reevaluate situations. So there's a lot of reevaluating. We have Mars in an air sign, we have Mercury in an air sign, lots of information, lots of ideas, not a lot of fixed energy in the sky. So it's very changeable. Change, change, change. And so, you know, that's okay. Just kind of think of it as, oh, that's coming, oh, that's coming in, oh, that. Like, really just pay attention to incoming and then watch it and think about it. You don't have to act on it yet until the planets get a little more earthy. But you are getting ideas, you're getting visions, you're learning about things, a lot of communication this week. And because of the retrograde action, a lot of opportunity to reconsider things that you thought you were going to do or that you want to do that, that have changed a bit. And so there's a forward motion in that capacity. Um, okay, 
let's talk a little bit about the planet degrees. Um, so this week, the um, get my moon calendar out here, and I have to switch to September. <laughs> I haven't looked at this calendar in a month. I'm sorry. I, I did take a month off. Um, well, I didn't, not a full month, but a lot of a month. So this week, um, we have Labor Day today. Uh, so the moon is, went into Capricorn on the 4th. Uh, yesterday, Sunday, as Mercury shifted into Virgo last night, saying, okay, time to go forward. Uh, she shifted in at 12.05 in the morning. So when you woke up on Labor Day, Moon was, you know, Venus was in Virgo, which is interesting because in, hi, Remo, I know you're going to help now because Venus is in Virgo. Remo's helping. Isn't that great? Yes. Can you come on? Say hi. Yeah, I know. Say hi to everybody. Um, so as the, uh, as the Moon in Capricorn goes forward, it goes void with a conjunction to Pluto at 5.43 Tuesday afternoon, um, early evening, and then it's void Tuesday night until it goes into Aquarius at 11.41 p.m. on the 6th. Then it's in uh, Aquarius on Wednesday, Thursday, going void at 8.34 in the morning. It's going to be void all day long Thursday the 8th because it goes void at 8.34 and it doesn't go into Pisces until 12.42 a.m. Moon goes void with a... I know, I know. What's up? Moon, he missed me. Moon goes, although Kathy take, took great care of him. He has come some new cat toys from Kathy, our wonderful cat sitter. Yes. I know you got new toys, huh? Um, thanks for helping. Okay, so the so moon goes into Pisces 12.42 p.m. on Friday, and then it goes out of Pisces. There is a full moon. Oh, I missed the full moon on um, next Sunday, or next Saturday at 5.59, when the moon is Pisces, is opposite the sun. We'll have to look at the full moon. <laughs> a little, ends a little off today. Uh, and the moon goes void, is sat next Saturday at 8.29 p.m., and then uh, it is void, enter, enters Aries on the 11th at 2.47, and it exits uh, 12.53 a.m. on the 13th with a square. So the sextile, moon going into Pisces, the last aspect it makes is a sextile to Pluto on Saturday night. And of course the Aquarius moon has a conjunction to Saturn. So they have these, the moons this week have ending feelings to them, right? So when it's, uh, when it's in Capricorn, it conjuncts Pluto. When it's in Aquarius, it conjuncts Saturn. When it's in Pisces, it sextiles Pluto, which is productive, but still sextile and emotional. And it's a full moon in Pisces, which takes us back to the uh, new moon that happened in 2021 and the Sagittarius moon last December. And now we're at the full moon. So think about what was happening for you in March of 2021 and then the full moon in December, and now we're, or the opening square in December, and now we're at the full moon on the, uh, uh, on Saturday. Um, we also have that Sun-Uranus trine, which is a lot about creativity. So the full moon incorporates the Sun-Uranus trine also, because the Sun-Uranus trine happens the next day. So it's very much about taking action and figuring out what you want to do next and where you want to go. Um, and also the energy of lots of information coming in, lot in and taking time to sort it out with that Venus in Virgo. You really need to take a little extra time to double check, to probably have to redo it, um, because whatever's going on, the computers are crazy, the Mars is retrograde, I mean, it's like night craziness, but just know, okay, let's check it. Oh, it didn't really work, okay, check it again. That's that Gemini energy. We also have the Donald Blanford days this week, the DB days that are a little tougher. 
that's going to be uh, Monday, uh, Labor Day. You know, it's rainy Labor Day and we have to go back to work. We all feel a little sad. Uh, Tuesday is pretty smooth sailing. Wednesday is pretty smooth sailing. Thursday has the moon square, moon Aquarius square Uranus, but that's early in the morning before you wake up. And Thursday is void moon all day. So kind of think of Thursday as a, a day to, re, to reconnect and re, re, you know, kind of reorganize things. Uh, not necessarily initiating stuff. And then Mercury goes retrograde. He's stationary, and he goes retrograde on the 9th. Um, and that's okay. And then Monday, the full moon on Saturday is not a bad day, nor is the Sunday. So there's no really bad days this week, just a lot of chaos and change. Um, so that's, you know, good to be working with. Also this week, sun runs from 11 of Virgo to 18 and a half almost 19. Big aspects this week are the sun meeting people on the 7th. The sun hits the nodes of fate. A lot of relationship breakup energy on the um, 7th with the sun opposite Juno. A lot of the relationships that you've been in or have been working on are now changing. Um, you know, new requirements, new degrees of relationship, how you want to connect with people, and, com and talking about the terms of the relationship. So you're going to want to kind of go, okay, well, what's the term of this? You know, what, what were our terms? What did we agree to? And now, okay, let's change it up. A lot of renegotiation. Uh, we talked about the Mercury retrograde. He does have a biquintile to the nodes of fate, which is good for negotiating, good for new ideas. That's going to happen on the 10th and the 11th, but he's stopped this week. So he's just kind of paused there going, yeah, I'm stopped. I am. I'm just sitting and watching. Venus this week uh, is running from um, 28 Leo. She goes into Virgo, and she gets as far as 7.5 Virgo. Um, her big feature is, of course, entering Virgo. She doesn't have a lot of aspects this week, but she does have some quintiles on the on the night on the sixth and the seventh, which is about connections or letting go of connections, releasing things. But not a bad week for Venus. She's organizing things. Makes her happy. Mars this week not moving far, moving from eight of um, eight of Gemini to eleven and a half of Gemini, and he has a sesquiquadrate to Pluto on the tenth, which can make him be a little crabby. But he also is in Gemini, so he's kind of like, well, I know you said you were going to do that, but I'm not sure I want to do that. So he he comes in a little, he gets a little irritated on the seventh and takes action on it on the tenth. But it also is um, Mars is in Gemini, so he's not he's going to hedge his bets. He's going to dot his eyes. He's going to cross his T's because that's how he's working. Jupiter this week not doing anything at all, uh, really. Um, it has a uh, doesn't want to fight, not in the mood to fight on the 8th. You know, somebody's going to try and pick a fight with Jupiter. He's going, I don't want to fight with you. Not worth it. Um, Saturn opposite Ceres, that happens um, on the 9th. So that's Ceres coming in to form a, a slow-moving Hammer of Thor um, over the next few days, but that's going to be next week. So nothing with that. And the other guys are all quiet, aside from Athena entering Cancer where she says, okay, you know, I'm ready to get some stuff done, and then she has a hard aspect to the nodes of fate when she answers cancer, because she's on a world point, and the nodes of fate are on a world point. So this is a lot of energy around how do we nurture, what do we nurture, and then again, relationships being renegotiated on the fifth, because Juno's in an aspect to the nodes. That also can be meeting somebody important that you like. 
um, on the 5th with Juno partnering and saying, ah, you know, I could partner with you. That might be fun. So kind of look for that, look for that energy. And that's the weekly weather. It's a busy week. Uh, mainly communication, connecting, organizing, figuring out the papers, doing all the, not a lot of drama, which is helpful. <laughs> I mean, there'll be drama because we're in a Pluto return, but there's not a lot of drama. And I want you to remember, we already had a Pluto return. Thank you, the man whose name I have no idea what it is because you were standing in a way I couldn't read your name tag. But um, we had a Pluto return from the 1619 project when the slaves first arrived in the United States. And in 20, 248 years later, 1865, 67, 66, we had the Civil War, which changed the status of people forever. We're having that again. We're having a Pluto return. Our job is to vision what we want our status to be. Do we want to be controlled by a bunch of old white guys that tell us what to do? And if the answer is no, you need to register and you need to vote. And no apologies to the old white, no, uh, no offense to the old white guys. I love you. I have a bunch of old white guys. I'm old. I got, most of my friends are old white guys. But um, we want to, and I was raised by a bunch of old white guys. <laughs> but remember, they owned slaves. Um, they owned land. And uh, they didn't think of women as anything more than chattel. So we have to say, hey, hey, we count. We're going to register, we're going to vote, and we're going to show up in overwhelming numbers so that we don't have to have a civil war, but we do have a reckoning of what we want our country to look like as we come into our next Pluto return. Optimism. Okay, conferences. Next conference I'm at, I'm working at, is the Heart-Centered uh, Astrology in the Heart. Living in the heart, there's a heart-centeredness. There's a big new Venus-Sun conjunction that's going to happen in Libra in October. For the last 100 years, the Venus-Sun conjunction has been in Scorpio. And it's now shifting into Libra, which is good, because Libra is about relationships and connections rather than Venus and Scorpio. And I have Venus and Scorpio. I can talk trash about it. Venus and Scorpio is I want to control things. I want to control things. And I am a control freak, I totally admit it. But now Venus is going into Libra, where she says, oh, how do you want to partner with this in a relationship? What do you want that relationship to look like? And our job is to look at this. So I'm going to be speaking at this conference. It's a plenary, meaning we're all in the same room all day long. Uh, we have a lovely ritual planned for Saturday night. It's up at Omega, which is in upstate New York. Beautiful time of year to be there. The food is good. The housing is nice. The astrology is going to be fun. Sign up. Um, so five of us are speaking. Ariel Gutman, who pioneered uh, the Venus Star Point work. Um, and Kay Taylor, who's one of my favorite people. And, of course, Maurice Fernandez, who, you know, just is a brilliant, brilliant uh, evolutionary astrologer. And then Maglia who um, I know she's relatively new. I don't know her well, but I, I like her work. So come join us. It'll be fun. It'll be a day. It'll be three days, Friday night, Saturday, and Saturday night, and then Sunday you're home at 1. Uh, we, we set you free to send you off for, for lunch and a good food. So sign up. It's a wonderful weekend. Uh, I'm also doing the cruise, the mind-body cruise, mind-body-spirit cruise. We're going to have astrology with me and Patricia Bell and Sam Rendles and Cassandra. And then we're going to have Reiki and yoga and we're going to have lectures and we're going to eat food and sing and dance and have a wonderful time. Uh, a couple of stars, feel free to sign up. If you like the weekly weather, this is where you get the weekly weather in your pocket every morning. I go, good morning, good morning, good morning. 
welcome to and then you get a daily update of the energy of the sky and how it works kind of like takes the weekly weather that you just listened to and breaks it up into pieces um, it's got a list of timed aspects sent directly to you uh, midnight New York time you get the aspects so feel free to sign up and then also if you miss the I astrologer in Tucson we're going to repeat it online October 8th through 9th so I presented there about like why you want to be an astrologer so this is something you can sign up for if you already attended in Tucson we're going to have an online program you can come again you don't have to pay again but if you didn't come in person in Tucson you can get the original talks re-delivered to you and uh, fresh recordings of them um, I have the Pluto return of the US I'm going to update that because of the guy that said to me we already had a Pluto return I'm like have um, and we also have the Neptune Jupiter conjunction so that's the energy of the week ahead and hopefully that gives you some idea about how to work with it you can tell I have summer hair due to get my hair cut because it's like very and was in the Sun having a good time hopefully this gives you ways to work with the week and you can go forward and have a great week um, remember you're a child of the universe and it's unfolding as it should and you're here for a reason and now you get to figure out what it is, what the next chapter is, how you're going to work with it, what you want to do with it. And we're in for a journey. We're in for a journey. And it'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be fun. We're ready. We're really ready. And as we launch into fall, my personal favorite season and my solar return, you know, next week is my birthday, um, which kind of refuels your chart. So um, I'm looking at this last two weeks because the two weeks before your birthday, you really learn about what the year is going to be about. I'm like, I'm, I think I'm going to have a really good year. I've had a great vacation. I had a great fun time. I hung out with my friends. I learned a lot. I mean, it was, the lectures were so good. Um, and, you know, astrology makes the world a better place. Have a great day. Bye. This conference is no longer being recorded.